This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, and when we get sober, they can almost feel magnified at first because we're adjusting to feeling all our feelings again rather than using alcohol to numb them. I was honestly really surprised when I got sober at how many emotions came up for me. I remember literally saying, I have so many feelings right now, and it felt really overwhelming having to feel them all. But the great thing about that is that it gave me the clarity and awareness that I had some things to work through, like people-pleasing and like my own self-talk. That's where therapy can be so helpful because because it's a safe space to get things off your chest and begin to work through what's been weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash happiest. There are so many amazing perks of being sober, and one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level, and it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before, but let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I'm excited about OneSkin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I hope that you're having a great week so far. So Valentine's Day is upon us. This episode is coming out the day before Valentine's Day. Um, So I had put a little question box up on my Instagram stories a few days ago for you to ask me all of your questions about sober dating. So this is going to be a little Q&A episode all about sober dating. So it's going to be a fun one. Um, I will say just before we hop into it that last year for Valentine's Day, I did a full episode all about sober dating, kind of sharing like what my experience experience of it had been up until then and then all of my kind of tips for navigating the dating world sober. So if you're looking for more on that, then definitely go back and listen to that one as well. Episode number 14, Spilling the Tea on Sober Dating. Um, And I am going to say also just before we hop into it that I think Valentine's Day really needs a rebrand because I love Valentine's Day, no matter what my relationship status is. Like I had been single for the last three Valentine's days in a row, but I still get excited about it because it's just like a cute day. It doesn't matter if you're dating somebody or not. You can make it a day about like self-love and treating yourself and like getting yourself, you know, eating lots of chocolate, getting yourself a little treat, making it a self-care day, or you can make it a day about like other relationships in your life. Like I always get my sister's little Valentine's, even if I'm in a relationship, they are always also going to be my Valentine's because I think that, yeah, the day's not just about romantic relationships. So if you 
are single this year, I hope that you're able to just reframe that and enjoy the day um, and just, yeah, make it a day to treat yourself and focus on self-love. And, you know, speaking of, I actually just ate a bunch of chocolate right before recording this. So I'm like perfectly, (laughs) perfectly in the spirit here. So I am just going to hop into the questions now. The first one here says, I used to feel more flirtatious when I was drinking. Any tips on feeling more bold sober? Okay, so my answer might actually not be what you were quite looking for because I actually feel like it is not a bad thing that you don't feel quite as flirtatious or as bold as you did when you were drinking. Like when I look at dating in my drinking days, I definitely was a lot more um, flirtatious in a way that I can kind of look back on now and like cringe a little bit or it made me, you know, take things faster than I would have, like hook up with people on the first date when I never would have done that sober. Um, So I think there's actually really something to be said for going at your own pace and for going at a pace that feels like comfortable and natural. Like when I look at my dating life since I got sober, I definitely was always like more reserved on first dates than I was um, when I was drinking on first dates. And I really don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that that's actually following like the natural progression of things. And it's, I think it's cool to like get to know somebody and then let that other side come out once you know them better, once you know that you're into them, once you get like more comfortable with them. So I think we can kind of like reframe that for ourselves to be like, I don't have to date or be flirty in the way that I was when I was drunk. Because when we're drunk, like our blinders are kind of on a little bit, right? And I think it's a good thing um, to really just respect whatever pace you want to go at and how however comfortable you are. Um, And if that means taking things a little bit slower or maybe being like a little bit more shy and reserved at first and then like, you know, getting more comfortable with someone as time goes on, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think it actually makes it feel a lot more like organic and authentic and like not um, forced. So that's kind of my two cents on that. And of course, if like that really is something that you're like, no, I want to be able to like be, you know, more like bold and confident, um, then that's something you can just practice for yourself of like making little challenges for yourself to get out of your comfort zone, whether that's like striking up conversation with somebody um, when you're feeling a little bit shy. But like the good thing about it is that you get to be more intentional. So like when you were drinking, maybe you were more flirty, but you didn't have a clear mind and you probably weren't able to think as like rationally, whereas at least if you're going to challenge yourself to get out of your comfort zone sober, then like that gets to like build up a natural confidence in you, but at least you're still doing it with sort of like that clarity and you're, you know, that you're still only taking things at a pace that you feel comfortable with. And also I think the reason we're able to be more flirty when we're drinking is because like alcohol is just this like kind of fake connector where we feel more into people and we feel more of a connection with people, Um, but it's not actually real. So at least when we're kind of navigating all of this sober, we're like clear-minded enough to know whether we actually click with somebody, whether we're actually interested in somebody, whether we like, like their vibe and their energy and all of that. So I think like respect the pace that you want to go at. If you feel a little bit more reserved than when you were drinking, that's absolutely not a bad thing. That's just kind of allowing the natural progression of things, which like alcohol didn't allow us to do, you know? Um, But also just like building back up that confidence 
totally just takes time and it takes practice. So you can definitely challenge yourself to just keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and then that confidence will also come with that. Okay, next question. So we have a couple that are similar here. So how to get back into dating and meet people who aren't drinkers organically. And then a similar one, what's the best way to meet people when you used to meet people out slash drinking at bars, etc.? So first, I love that like this question is asking where to meet people outside of bars because I've shared that like when I first got sober, I felt this pressure to really keep like going out and to keep that part of my social life alive and to still spend time like, you know, going to bars and um, even though I wasn't drinking. And I think also like a big part of that was also that I was single and up until then, like that was the only place that I knew to like meet someone other than, you know, being on dating apps. Um, And I think that like eventually I had this moment of realization of like, I am not going to meet my guy drinking at a bar late at night. Like, especially if I'm sober and he's drinking, like this is just not the environment that I'm going to meet somebody in. So I don't need to keep pressuring myself to be out. Um, So, oh my gosh, there are just so many ways to meet people organically. Like obviously apps are an option, but they're not the only option. I think that if it's important to you to date another sober person or like another person who doesn't drink, then I would recommend getting really involved in like the sober community wherever you are. And what's so cool is that so many alcohol-free events have been popping up, especially with movements like Dry January. Like there were so many in January. Um, But meeting someone in the sober community doesn't even have to mean that you're like going to meetings and meeting people in those circles. It can genuinely mean like looking at like social sober events in your area. And like if you search Instagram, you probably will find some in like the city closest to you because they're just like the movement is growing and growing. And so there are lots of like, you know, I've seen like mocktail making competition events. I've seen like, you know, alcohol free events where there's like a panel discussion. Um, So I would say like really immerse yourself in the sober community and in kind of like those sober events if you want to meet someone who's like like like-minded and who doesn't drink. Um, And if you just want to meet someone with common interests, then I think like a really good way is to take up lots of hobbies, like maybe even like take like a class, like try a fun class, whether that's like, I don't know, like a cooking class or like an art class, like anything that just kind of feels fun for you or taking up hobbies like joining like a co-ed sports team or, you know, whatever kind of grabs your interest. That's a really great way to just organically meet people who are like-minded, who share the same interests as you. And the cool thing is, even if that's like... You might not meet a sober person doing that, but you will meet someone who at least has like more interests and hobbies other than drinking, you know, like as opposed to meeting someone out at a bar. Um, If you're just meeting someone through like doing fun things, doing fun activities, then you at least know that that person lives like a bit more of a full interesting life and they don't just spend all of their time drinking and at the bars. Um, So yeah, I would say get involved in the sober community, look up sober events in your area and just like really follow what things excite you, what things feel fun to you. And I, I really believe that like when you're on that wavelength of just kind of following your own joy and your own kind of fun, then like that's where you're 
going to like attract someone who's really on the same page with you about that. Also, I would say like, don't forget about the power of being set up with someone. Like I think like our, like, you know, my parents' generation used to like set up their friends with people or set up their coworkers with people. And I think dating apps kind of killed that for us a little bit. But like if you're open to being set up, you could totally put feelers around to like your friend circle of if they know anybody to set you up with because then you know that that person knows you and they might have a good idea of who you might click with. But you know, I went into the beginning of 2023 taking a break from dating, being like I'm done with the apps. I'm I'm taking I'm just like going to focus on me for right now. Um I actually did an episode with that about that with my mom about being just single and sober and focusing on myself. Um episode 15 and I was kind of like, you know, if a guy comes, he comes and that's fine. Um and I haven't shared this, but the guy who I'm dating now, we actually met because he came on my sober Costa Rica trip. So I went into that trip with zero intention or even like thought of making like a romantic connection. Um, But we stayed in touch after the trip and then it just kind of grew from there. So I really think when you're putting yourself in situations with like-minded people and maybe even like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, that's when you can really just kind of organically meet someone who you connect with. Okay, this one I love. It says, how should I handle disclosing my sobriety on the apps? I have a lot of thoughts on this one because so when I was first on dating apps sober, what I would do is I just marked. So let's say like Hinge um, has that little section where you say yes or no to like drinking and smoking and like, you know, weed, all of it. Um, so I marked no. But what I what I noticed in my experience was a lot of people weren't looking at that because then a lot of people would still be surprised when I said I didn't drink. Um And so I eventually decided to just make it like one of, you know, how you have to answer those prompts about yourself on Hinge. I decided to make it one of my prompts. And because I felt like I was, when I was in the dating game, I did not feel like I had to date someone who was sober. Um, I just felt strongly that like their relationship with alcohol mattered. So I don't care if they're like a normal drinker or a take it or leave it drinker. And I wasn't bothered if they drank with me there. So what I ended up doing was I made one of my prompts. Um, the question was, one thing you should know about me is, and I said, I don't drink, but I'll happily cheers your beer with my mocktail. Um, and the really cool thing, so I was really hesitant for a while to make any of anything on my profile about the fact that I don't drink because um, I didn't want it to be like a defining thing about me, I guess, at first. Um, I didn't want to kind of be in people's faces about it. But then like once I kind of just got frustrated with people not seeing that I didn't drink and I was like, I just want to put this out there so that I'm weeding out anybody who's not cool with it, like may as well, you know, not waste my time or theirs. But what was so cool is because so if you haven't used Hinge, how it works is when you send somebody a like or a message, you like something specific on their profile. So like a photo or something they've written. And so once I put that on my profile, what happened was so many of my likes that I got were actually about that prompt. And like a lot of them would say like, oh my God, this is so refreshing to see. Or like, oh, that's so cool. Like let's 
let's do a coffee date instead. Or people being like, oh, me too. Or like, oh, I'm doing a dry January or I'm taking 100 days off. And so what I realized was that like really putting it out there rather than trying to beat around the bush about it was like it actually attracted people who either like thought it was a really great thing that I didn't drink or people who also like didn't drink themselves or were kind of sober curious. So I would actually recommend just putting it out there. And you know, if you would prefer that somebody doesn't drink in front of you, then you don't have to say it how I said it. You could just say one thing you should know about me is I don't drink and leave it at that. I would say too that if you're not like comfortable yet to put it on your profile that way, then I always recommend letting someone know before the date that you don't drink because, you know, oftentimes someone will say, do you want to get a drink? And in my experience, I think that, you know, especially having been a drinker, if someone invited me to a drink state and then on the date they were like, oh, I actually don't drink, I would feel so uncomfortable about my drinking in front of them because, you know, because I had a problematic relationship with it. So I think letting someone know before the date, just like A, it gets it out of the way so that you're not going in feeling awkward, wondering like, when is this going to come up? How are they going to react to it? What are they going to ask me about it? Like it takes all of that stress off of you. And then it also weeds out the people who aren't going to be okay with it. And if they're not okay with it, it's not personal. It is a thousand percent a reflection of their own relationship with alcohol but then at least it like it weeds those people out so that you don't have to waste your time going on a date with somebody who's um, just not going to be your person because if they don't think that it's really freaking cool that you're sober then they're not your person Um, so definitely if you're not ready to put it on your profile yet then I would say like if someone invites you out for drinks then I would take that moment to say sure like I don't drink but like I'm happy to have a, a mocktail or if you'd prefer to not meet in like a drink setting, then you could say, oh, I don't drink. Like, would you be down to get a coffee instead or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. I've definitely found that being upfront about that is the best way and it gets people out of the way <laughs> who you would waste your time on. I have some stories about that in my in my other dating episode. Um, okay, next question. I'm finding it really hard going on first date sober and not having a drink to keep the first date nerves at bay. Oh my God, I totally, totally understand this because I felt the exact same way. Sober dating was such a nerve-wracking experience for me when I first um, got back into the dating world as a sober person. And I think the thing to remember here is that like first dates are inherently a little bit of a nerve wracking experience. They can inherently just be a little bit awkward. And I think that's totally okay because that's like a part of life. And if you think about it, that's kind of part of the excitement of dating as well. I read somewhere that like being nervous and being excited are actually like a really like kind of like a similar emotion and you can kind of reframe it um, in your head. Like if you're feeling nervous that you also feel excited. Um, It's like excited nerves, but really just sitting with like, it's totally normal and natural to experience nerves meeting somebody new. And that actually really does feed into the excitement. Like if you're nervous for a first date and then you show up and like, 
you like them and you hit it off, then it's like all part of the kind of like exciting experience of it. So I think it's helpful just to reframe that because when we start to rely on alcohol to calm our nerves, then it's like the the thought of like, oh my God, I have to feel my nerves can feel so like scary and overwhelming, but it's actually not natural to numb emotions with alcohol. We've just grown accustomed to it. So just even remembering it is the most natural thing in the world when I'm putting myself out there to feel those nerves and I can survive feeling a little bit nervous. Best case scenario, I'm going to meet someone who I really hit it off with and worst case scenario, it's not going to be the right fit and I can survive that too. And the good thing to remember, like this was my biggest takeaway about um, kind of dating sober was once I really got back into the dating game sober and was going on like first dates with guys from apps, like I started to really think, I cannot believe I used to drink on dates because when you're drunk, like I said earlier, you can really just feel attracted to anyone and you're totally putting blinders on to any red flags and to whether you actually genuinely connect with this person. And so even though I was so nervous about dating sober at first, I ended up feeling so grateful after a while because I wasn't wasting my time as much. And like if I met someone and I saw like a few, some red flags on the first date or just like wasn't feeling super into it, like I'm sure if I had been drinking, I wouldn't have seen those or I would have ignored them and I would have felt into it. Like it just totally, totally makes you have this clarity in the dating world where you know so much more quickly whether someone is the right fit for you or not. Um, And as for the nerves too, I will say like that I was so nervous going on dates for the first while sober, but I really did just get more and more comfortable and confident going into them the more I did it and the more sober time I got under my belt. So I would also just say like be patient with yourself. Like you have been using alcohol for years to numb those nerves and you're not used to feeling them anymore. And so they can feel heightened when you don't kind of have that crutch anymore. But like the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get and the more confident that you're going to get because it, it like feeds into itself because then you do it and then you feel like accomplished. You're like, wow, like most people in the world rely on those drinks to to calm those nerves. And I just did it without that. And I was willing to face it. And then on the other side, you feel accomplished and proud of that. And then that in turn, like builds up your confidence. So it really is like a muscle. Like at first, you feel so much more nervous because you're not used to doing it with alcohol. But it really does like the more you do it, the more you just keep building that courage and that confidence muscle. Um, So it's super, super worth it to get through that initial discomfort of it all. And I will just say too, like, keep your head held high. Like I really think that being a sober person gives you such an edge. Like you're doing something that so many people don't have the courage to do. So many people don't have the courage to even like consider doing. And so really keep your head held high and like let the fact that you're sober be something that makes you feel even more confident in who you are because you're just out here like putting yourself out there, being your fully present, authentic self. And like that's more than a lot of people in this world are doing. So just remember like what a cool person you are for being willing to do that and let that also kind of fuel your your courage and your confidence heading into that as well. 
I'll also share like a reframe that really helped me when it came to sober dates and kind of just like getting in the right mindset to feel comfortable going on dates sober is that I feel like oftentimes when we feel really nervous heading into a date, it's because we feel like we need to make a good impression and we feel like we're there to make the other person like us. Like I'm here to impress them. I want them to like me. And I think that can really be a big part of what makes it feel so nerve wracking. And so something like I, that I really latched onto when I started going on dates sober was to flip that and tell myself like, I am not there to impress anyone. I am not there to convince anybody to like me. I'm there to decide whether I like them. And I'm not trying to be good enough for anybody. I'm there to decide whether I think they're good enough for me, like whether they're up to my standards. And so that was kind of just like an empowering little mindset shift I had that really helped me to feel confident going into date sober. And just remember, like, last thing I'll say on this is just remember that mantra, like we can do hard things. Like you can survive feeling nervous. That feeling isn't going to last forever. You can get through it. And the more you do it, the easier it's going to get. Okay, next question. I love this one. I'm married, but I love sober date ideas. We usually do coffee and dinner. Okay. Oh my God. So many things. I think it's so cool that you want to plan some sober dates with your spouse. Uh, Okay. I love, so I think like for sober dates, like activities are such a good one. Like obviously you said you do coffee and dinner, um, which are easy go-tos. But I think that like getting tickets to something fun or planning like an activity. So I always talk about this, but I love concerts and comedy shows. I think especially for like a date night, like concerts are fun because it's like music and such good vibes and it can be like kind of a romantic thing. And then comedy shows are such a great one because then you can laugh together, which I feel like is such a good kind of bonding thing. And then like fun activities, like this is kind of funny, but even think back to things you used to like doing in your youth. Like I always loved like bowling or going mini putting, like those kind of just like cute sort of activities. You could do what else? What are the other activities? You could go like axe throwing. You could try like a new activity together. Like pickleball is all the rage right now. I've been wanting to try it. You could do like tennis or pickleball, like a little kind of sport date together. You could also try like a class together. You could go do like a cooking class or like for Valentine's Day, like a cake decorating class. And you could decorate little like cute, like Valentine's Day cakes. You could go to like a pottery class. You take like a dance class together, like um, like salsa or ballroom dancing or something could be fun. Um, you could do like a little art class, like a little, even how they have those like wine and paint nights. You could go do sort of like a paint night, but without the wine. You could, of course, go out and see a movie. You could get tickets to like a, like the theater and go see a play together. You could go to a board game cafe. Those are really fun. Um, you could go to like a mocktail making class. You could literally go on a bike ride and do like a cute picnic or something when the weather allows for it. <laughs> um, you could do a spa day together, go get like a couple's massage, do a kind of a self-care day. Ooh, also speaking of like 
pot. I mentioned a pottery class earlier, but there's also um, places where you can go to like paint your own pottery. So you could go and like paint like mugs or something um, together. That's something that I've done in the past. That's really fun. And then you get to drink out of your mugs, take them home. You could also look for fun kind of like workshop things around you. Like my family and I last year went to um, a candle making workshop and we got to make our own candles and pick our own scents. So you could kind of try something that's like a little bit like DIY where you get to make something else as well. Um, so that's just a ton of ideas. Hopefully there's, there's something there that you can um, plan and have some fun with. Okay, next question says, learning to trust your judgment slash intuition again. So I think that the thing to remember is that because you're not drinking anymore, you are automatically more in touch with your own intuition and with your own gut. Um, I was actually just chatting with my mom about this one earlier today. And something that she always says is like when something feels off, it is off. So just trust that like you can trust because you're not drinking because you're not going to be blind to red flags that like if something feels a little bit off to you or it just doesn't feel right, you can trust that. And sometimes also like these things are revealed to us over time. Like the first time that I started dating someone sober, it was very much a situation where everything seemed so perfect. Um, at first, in retrospect, I think there was a little bit of love bombing happening there, but I dated him for a few months and it seemed really perfect. And then there was kind of just this 180 where it felt a little bit like he was Jekyll and Hyde. And I saw this completely different side to him um, and how he was treating me. And it just, I knew in my gut, like, okay, this is not this is not it. I'm not okay with being treated this way. Um, and I think what can be hard about that is that we get so stuck in like, but it was perfect at first, or like we get stuck in the idea of somebody. But I think it's really important to remember like when somebody shows you who they are, then you can believe them. And you also can't fault yourself for not knowing something until they were showing it to you. So like if someone seems really good at first or something seems really good and then signs start coming that it's actually not like it's not your fault for not seeing what they weren't showing to you yet or for not knowing um, what you didn't know yet but once you start to see those signs and something feels off or if you're seeing red flags or if someone's like actions aren't matching their words or they're just not treating you how you know you deserve to be treated then that's when you get to make your exit and do what's right for you and that's what I'm really proud of in how my dating life changed after I got sober is that when I was drinking, I was so much more willing to stay in situations, like stay in relationships that weren't right for me anymore, to stay with people who I knew weren't the right person or to stay in situations even if they were toxic. And once I got sober, I just like didn't have a tolerance for that anymore. And the second I saw someone wasn't right for me, I was like, okay, like I need to end this. Um, and I think that's really reflected in the fact that we ended, like we walked away from such a toxic thing in our life when we quit drinking. And it's almost like that translates, like I wasn't willing to put up with alcohol anymore and with my toxic relationship with it and how drinking affected me. And like in doing that, it was really 
a declaration to myself about my own worth and about what I was willing to settle for. And I think that really translated then to my dating life as well as it made me more courageous to walk away from things that aren't that weren't serving me anymore. Um, So I think it's really just a decision to trust your own gut because we all have that gut feeling, that gut intuition when something feels a little bit off. And because you're not drinking and because you have that clarity now, um, you won't be blind to it anymore. And I think it's really, it's not even so much about having to listen to your gut as it is like the courage to really act on it. So when you're having that gut knowing, um, to know that you can you can walk away from something if it's not serving you anymore. Okay, next question says, I want advice on it all. Sober sex, sober dating on apps, seven months sober here. First of all, huge congrats on seven months sober. That's so freaking amazing. Um, so I'll again say like for, you know, I went pretty in depth in episode 14. So definitely go back and listen to that. But Um, sober dating on apps. I did touch on it earlier, but I really think like make it known that you're sober before you meet up with somebody. Cause again, that just is going to weed out the people who aren't the right fit for you. And it's going to attract people who are on that same wavelength. Um, sober sex. Okay. When I first got sober, I remember totally spiraling about the fact that like, oh my God, how am I going to date sober? How am I going to hook up with someone for the first time sober? Because like for years before I quit drinking, I hadn't hooked up with anybody for the first time without alcohol being involved. So the whole idea of it felt so nerve wracking. Um, and I think it's one of those things again, like I, I find that most things in sobriety that feel scary, that feel intimidating, that feel like impossible to imagine. I feel like those are the things that like you get to learn how much better they are sober once you do them. So for sober sex, I would just say to know the difference between like being ready but being a little bit nervous versus just not being ready. Because definitely as a sober person, I have taken things a lot slower than I did in my drinking days. So I think just like go at your own comfort level, but there also comes a point where it's like, you might be ready, but it might still be a little bit nerve wracking and that's okay. And that's when we can just be willing to kind of feel the nerves and and do it anyways and get out of our comfort zone. And I think it's honestly just a real gift to have alcohol out of the picture with our sex lives. And again, like that did not feel like it would be the case when I first got sober, but like looking back on my drinking days, I absolutely hooked up with people who I would never have hooked up with sober and I've definitely felt regret in the morning. And so to be in a place where we get to really go at our own comfort level and actually consciously decide, soberly decide whether we want to be with someone or not um, is a real gift for sure. So go at your own pace. And if you want to take things slower, then absolutely do that. And then I think there comes the time where like we're ready and we just have to be willing to do it even though it feels a little bit scary and nerve wracking. Because again, like I think all the best things sober are the things that feel a little bit scary and nerve wracking. And then there's a big payoff on the other side of that. Um, And then as for I want advice on it all, um, I think that again, like when I got sober, dating was probably 
the thing that felt the most like unfathomable for me to do without alcohol. I had drinking and dating so intertwined in my head. It was like there was nothing in my head. There was nothing more romantic than like having drinks with a partner. And that was where I thought like so much of the bond and the connection came from. Um, And then like when I started dating sober and started finding like real connection with people without alcohol, it is the best feeling. It is so much better than dating with booze. Um, So I think just really being willing to to see it that way and keeping an open mind to that, that even if it might feel a little bit awkward and nerve wracking and like totally new territory at first and like there might, okay, here's the other thing, tangent. Like I went on and I said this in my other episode, but there was a period where I was just going on so many first dates where there weren't any second dates because I would go out with someone and be like, yeah, that's a no. Yeah, that's a no. Like I was seeing it so much more clearly. Um, So I think there was a process where dating felt a little bit discouraging, but what was actually happening was that I just wasn't wasting time on the wrong people anymore. So like it definitely made me more choosy, but then that, that just means that you're like holding out for a person who you're actually going to connect and click with. Um, and that makes it so much better too. But definitely take your time. Wait until you're you're fully ready to put yourself out there. And remember, again, that someone's opinion on your sobriety is not personal. It is a reflection of their relationship with alcohol. And I always think like regardless of whether that person drinks or not, the person who's right for you is going to see your sobriety as something so cool, so inspiring. Like they're going to seriously admire it um, and be so, so supportive of it. And actually my number one tip would be to not settle for anything less than that because that is the energy that you deserve from somebody. Okay. And last question here, my new beau and I are getting sober together. Any advice? I think that's so freaking cool that you're getting sober together. That's amazing. Um, I would say if you go back and listen to episodes 62 and 64, I gave like all my early sobriety tips. Um, but as for kind of doing it together, I think that's so cool because what you can really do is be accountability buddies for each other. So really like being in it together, checking in with each other. I think like celebrating milestones together can be a really kind of cool and special thing. Milestones are such a big deal in sobriety. So I would say like make fun plans to celebrate your milestones. I don't know if you started like on the same day and you have the same one or not, but either way, whenever it's one or both of your milestones, like plan a little something to celebrate. I would say like check in with each other and both kind of be um, open about how you're feeling. Like you might both have hard days and days when you're missing it. And sharing those things can be really helpful because it can let the other person know that you know, that you're not alone for when they have those hard times as well. Um, But I would say really just like take advantage of this. It's such a cool thing to do together because you're making this huge 
positive life change. And there are so many gifts in that. So like one of the biggest perks of sobriety is you get so much time back. Like you get your mornings back. Your mornings are all yours every day, which is not the case when we're drinking and partying and waking up hungover all the time. So make lots of fun morning plans, like wake up together. You could even wake up early and like go watch the sunrise or like even just wake up early, have coffee together, reflect on the day, like take kind of that time to appreciate the fact that you're both hangover free, but really take advantage of all the time you get back and like fill that time up. You can plan lots of fun activities. You could take up a new hobby together. Um, Sobriety does not mean living a life of like deprivation and missing out. It's an opportunity to live a much more like full, rich life than we could ever live when we're just drinking and partying all the time. So my advice would just be to really together to take full advantage of that um, and to, yeah, to just be each other's accountability buddies and check in and celebrate all your wins along the way. And that's just really cool that you both are doing that together. So love that and I'm cheering you on. I'm going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, then please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. You can join my sober community, the Happiest Sober Hub at happiestsober.com. I'll link it in the description of the episode as well. My sober trip to Croatia is still available to book. I'll link that in the description of this episode as well. I would love to have you join. It's in May. It's getting closer and I'm so, so excited. Subscribe to my weekly newsletter at happiestsober.com and follow me on Instagram at happiestsober. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so I'll chat with you next week. I hope you have the best week. Remember that life's happiest when you're sober. Bye. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.